Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. It's Friday, April 28th. I'm Laura Ziegler filling in for Nomeen Ujiadine. Coming up, since the fall of Roe v. Wade, abortion laws in many states have changed numerous times. Providers say it's a chaotic and confusing situation. We are doing our best to expand and adapt, and it, it, we've been really, truly jumping from fire, putting out fire to fire to fire. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's been really difficult. Coming up, how states where abortion is still legal are dealing with an uptick in cases. Plus, how new rules in Kansas are making it even harder for residents to get life-saving liver transplants. But first, some headlines. A law barring transgender women from women's bathrooms, locker rooms, prisons, and domestic violence shelters will become law in Kansas. Rose Conlon of the Kansas News Service reports. Kansas Republicans overrode Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's veto to pass the sweeping measure, which will also bar transgender people from changing their sex on driver's licenses and other documents. Proponents say it'll keep biological women safer in public spaces. But it came amid fierce opposition from Democrats like Representative Brandon Woodard. This has been deemed the most anti-LGBT, the most anti-trans bill in the entire country. I thought we were better than that in Kansas. The law will also put Kansas domestic violence shelters at risk of losing federal funding by forcing them into noncompliance with anti-discrimination rules. Meanwhile, lawmakers in Topeka failed to override Governor Kelly's veto of a bill that would let parents pull their children out of public school activities they thought were inappropriate. Opponents claim the legislation encouraged bans on controversial topics such as race and gender. And in Missouri, Governor Mike Parson says he is prepared to call for a special legislative session to pass restrictions on transgender minors in the state. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports the governor's comments came as the Missouri Senate and House each continue to push their bills. Lawmakers have two weeks left before the end of the 2023 legislative session, but they could be forced to return for a special session if they do not pass legislation restricting transgender minors' access to gender-affirming health care, as well as stopping trans athletes from participating on sports teams that align with their gender identity. Both the House and Senate have passed their own versions of the bills, but none of the bills have passed both chambers. Senate President Pro Tem Kayla Brown says they will not be taking up the House bills. The House is going to pass our bill. We've done our work, and... uh... Everything else is hypothetical. Speaker of the House Dean Plocker said the House versions are more conservative, but that everything is on the table regarding the passage of the Senate bills. And of course, NFL draft festivities are underway in downtown Kansas City as thousands of fans pour into town for the three-day event. James Craig drove to Kansas City Thursday from Flower Mound, Texas, with his two middle school-aged sons. They went to the 2019 NFL draft in Nashville, Tennessee, and are hoping this experience can match it. You know, we're four years later and these guys will still, my two sons here that are with me, will still say that was the best time of their life. So I'm trying to give another day to compare to that. Craig says they're excited to see some of the players who were drafted back in 2019. Crowds in the city are expected to cause headaches for drivers and police. Jake Bikina with the KC Police says having hundreds of thousands of visitors in town is like having three Super Bowl parades at once. It's kind of like having to build an entire 
city inside of a city is, is kind of what's taking place here. And so you have to provide for medical emergencies, for, for uh, services to get in and out, all, all of these things. Akina says it's all hands on deck for KCPD. All days off have been canceled. He says neighboring police departments and federal agents are also lending a hand. We'll be right back. It's Friday night. What places are you heading to for post-work happy hour? Tell us. This podcast is making a best of the best list and needs recommendation for happy hour menus at restaurants in KC. Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Legal abortions across the U.S. are slightly down after Roe v. Wade was overturned last June. That's according to a report that also found some Midwest states where abortion is protected, like Kansas and Illinois, have seen an uptick. For the Midwest newsroom, Farah Yusri explains how the shifting abortion landscape drove national abortion numbers down as patients and providers navigated new challenges. The staff at Trust Women Clinic in Wichita, Kansas, can't keep up with the nonstop phones ringing some days. Ever since the Supreme Court overturned federal abortion protections last summer, clinic director Ashley Brink says they've had a math problem. Too many patients desperate for care, but limited time and resources to see them. We're averaging about 500 patients a month, give or take. Of those 500 patients, she says 400 come from out of state. And that's because since Roe fell, it's been up to each state to make its own abortion laws. In Kansas, abortion access was saved by a ballot vote. But more than a dozen other states issued bans or severe restrictions. Now, the Wichita Clinic has become an abortion haven for women in states like Texas, Missouri, Kentucky and Oklahoma, where abortion is banned. Brink says the clinic had to adapt. We had to change literally everything about our organization. They tripled their staff, added more work days, and made some difficult cuts. We've stopped providing, um, you know, like OBGYN care or gender affirming care um, because we felt like we are one of the only clinics in the area that can provide abortion care. Other states in the Midwest where abortion is protected, like Michigan and Illinois, have seen similar spikes in the number of abortions provided and patients traveling hundreds of miles for care. But overall, the number of legal abortions nationwide in the six months post-Roe fell by as much as 6%, according to the latest data. Dr. Allison Norris is an epidemiologist at Ohio State University and the co-author of a new report called We Count. It's the most comprehensive and up-to-date picture that we have of abortion numbers today. The overall picture is one of a somewhat chaotic environment in which we know that the people who have the least resources are the most burdened and will find it the most hard to get the care that they need. She says the increased capacity in states like Kansas has not made up for the decrease in abortions in states with bans or restrictions, meaning... Some people will be forced to stay pregnant and will have a birth that they didn't intend to have. The data also suggests that the number of abortions happening via telemedicine has more than doubled. Planned Parenthood Great Plains started new telehealth services in Kansas. Dr. Iman Al-Sadin is the clinic's medical director. We are doing our best to expand and adapt, and it, it, we've been really, truly jumping from fire, putting out fire to fire to fire. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's been really difficult. Difficult because laws keep changing. 
Some states have yo-yoed back and forth between a ban and a stay on abortion access, and that leaves patients confused on where to go for care. Sometimes that means people look outside the healthcare system and order abortion pills online. The new report does not account for self-managed abortions, and the authors recognize that limitation. But they say that while requests for abortion pills from overseas pharmacies are up, we don't know whether all requests get filled, whether the pills are used to terminate a pregnancy, or whether people perhaps order the pills and just hang on to them. Allison Case is a family medicine physician in Indiana who also provides abortion care. She says self-managed medication abortion early in pregnancy is very safe, but... We want to make sure people can get the help they need. Like if they do have a complication with a self-managed abortion, you want to make sure they can like, get, get help and know to seek help. Social media is flush with anonymous posts from people looking for guidance on self-managed abortions. Some say they're alone and scared. At times, the only solace they have comes from other anonymous social media users who share advice. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Farah Yusri. A liver transplant can be life-saving, but there aren't nearly enough organs to go around. And a recent change in how livers are allocated across the country has made it even harder for Kansans to get one. As Rose Conlon of the Kansas News Service reports, it sparked a debate about inequities at every step of the transplant process. Last year, Gary Gray's liver disease got so bad that he started hallucinating, seeing and having conversations with people who weren't there. Kind of an oddly funny story, but I had become convinced that my wife's brother had converted our house into a haunted house, a commercial haunted house. And I kept telling my wife to get all these people out of here. There weren't people here. Gray, who's 64 and lives in Olathe, had a rare autoimmune disease that was attacking his liver. He wouldn't live long without a liver transplant. But despite debilitating symptoms that forced him to retire early and quit his bluegrass band and took him away from his family, he still wasn't sick enough to get a donated liver from the national waiting list. You know, frankly, my doctor was very straight with me. He said, you're not going to get one anytime soon. And I knew that we all knew the time was running out. Gray's odds were slimmer still because of a recent controversial policy change by the federal contractor that allocates donated organs to patients across the country. Why aren't most donated livers in the Carolinas given to sick residents here? Kansas Senator Jerry Moran and Missouri Senator Roy Blunt have both voiced concerns about how the new rules patients would affect people. Patients in hospitals have filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Livers Health are now sent much farther from where they're donated, with the goal of reaching the sickest patients no matter where they live. That has led to slightly fewer people dying on the waiting list. But the number of wasted livers has gone up too. And there have been winners and losers. Wealthier coastal states that lobbied for the change now get many more livers than before, mostly at the expense of poorer, more rural states in the South and Midwest. The number of livers going to Kansas is down 37 percent. Dr. Ryan Taylor directs the liver transplant program at the University of Kansas Health System, the state's only liver transplant center. It sued over the policy change. What it's meant in a nutshell is that our patients are waiting longer to receive a transplant than ever before. And as a result of that, we do see patients dropping off the list or becoming too sick for transplant more than we have before. 
And yet, experts say the issues with liver allocation only scratch the surface of the inequities baked into the transplant system. Lots of people with liver disease never make it onto the waiting list or even get diagnosed in the first place. And they're more likely to be rural residents, people of color, and the poor, says Dr. Lauren D. Nephew at Indiana University. I would argue that the largest disparities exist early in the care cascade. So who's getting the adequate care so that they don't ultimately end up needing a liver transplant? What types of barriers are there to actually being evaluated for transplant? Those who do make it to a transplant center face questions. Can they pay for the transplant and the lifelong medications needed to make sure their body doesn't reject it? Do doctors think they'll reliably make it to follow-up appointments? Do you know how to walk the walk and talk the talk that's going to make a transplant team comfortable with you? Dr. Julius Wilder at Duke University says that's because hospitals want to ensure transplants are successful, but it can amplify health disparities. It is painful, maddening at times. And until we are willing to prioritize giving our patients what we need over finances, we're going to continue to create policies that honestly are never really going to address the fundamental issue. By those measures, Gray is one of the lucky ones. Still, his family realized his only chance of getting a life-saving transplant was abandoning the waiting list entirely and looking for a living donor. Doctors take a piece of the donor's liver out and give it to the recipient, and hopefully in time, both regenerate. After months of searching, Gray's family found a match, a friend of a friend who they'd never met before, from the other side of the state. Late last year, Gray and the donor both traveled to Pennsylvania for surgery. When I came out from under the anesthesia, I was like, oh my God, I feel, I can tell my head's clearer. And, you know, every day now is just a miracle. Now he's on the mend, and he's picking his banjo again. When you do actually air this, edit out the mistakes. <laughs> For the Kansas News Service, I'm Rose Conlin in Olathe. Kansas News Service is based here at KCUR. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Find more at ksnewsservice.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Laura Ziegler, filling in for Nomeen Ujiadeen. This podcast was produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios. It was edited by Gabe Rosenberg and Lisa Rodriguez. You can find more stories from our newsroom at kcur.org, where you can also find our live stream. And if you like Kansas City Today, help us out by sharing the show with your friends or leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Come back on Monday for more Kansas City Today.